Rusted Bucket Media Corporation. Hey everybody, it's the 401 Experiment, episode 2 of What's 401 Listening To, Animal Collective Strawberry Jam. DJ Consequence joins me on this one via phone, and uh, he's the one that did all the clever editing on this one. Uh, I had originally recorded it in intro, I think on the night we recorded it, about a month ago. Uh, you can find that original intro after the episode. I want to keep this one short because it's a really great episode, so here it is. What's 401 listening to? Animal Collective Strawberry Jam. DJ Consequence. Fuck Donald Trump. What is the 401 listening to? 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 Alright, welcome to another episode of What is 401 Listening To, where me, the 401 Experiment, listens to an album I'm familiar with. So far, I've been familiar with it. And then I just kind of talk about what it means to me and what I think the tracks are all about, and I talk about the art and how I'm listening to it, uh, all that kind of stuff. That's, that's just nice to do sometimes. You sit down and you listen to a record front to back start to finish and you just kind of talk about it with uh your friends or whatever the uh previous episode ween the mollusk i did alone but today i have a guest dj consequence uh I, yeah I'd say, yeah there he is i said in the intro that i would i would leave it up to him if he wanted to use his name but uh well, so just, how are, fine. That, that is my name that, that's for uh, all intents and purposes. Okay, so the album we're discussing today is Animal Collective's Strawberry Jam. Uh, how did you listen to this one? Well, I kind of tried to time it out roughly to when you said you were starting, and actually, as you were texting me uh, the tracks that you were getting to, we were pretty much on the same page. I was a little bit behind. But uh, I chose to... Well, I chose to be adaptive. I listened to it while watching uh, the latest Transformers movie on Netflix. So um, that's amazing. I was, I mean, we started off trying to mix between like you know the actual sound of the film and then the sound of the record on the speakers. That got to be a little bit too much, so I just threw the headphones on at about track three. I think it was about Shores. What kind of headphones are we talking about here? Some MDR uh, 7506s, some Sonys. I'm using the same thing I used last week, Audio-Technica ATH M50s, closed-backed. Yeah, would you I think when monitoring, of course, you need something you're familiar with, so, you know. So what yeah. do you think the percentage is, percentage listen to Strawberry Jam on headphones as opposed to speakers? Well, I mean, I would say maybe pro- probably speakers more, but just not the speakers that I'm listening to currently. You know what I mean? Right. But um, uh, hard to say, I guess, because I've listened to it a lot at work, too, and, and a lot of those situations yeah. are yes, headphone situations. I would still say probably maybe like 60-40 speakers versus otherwise. Because I've also That's just cool. listened to like when I first got into it, I just listened to it everywhere I went. So that was like 
at work but not just on headphones at work also like at work on the speakers at work just like making people endure it which is great yeah especially like the bridge in uh peace bone where he just loses his shit i remember one of my coworkers just looking at me like what is this you know and he's doing like the scream yeah, 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 yeah. I remember him saying something like, dude, this just sounds like a fucking ape or something. He's like, this sounds like a monkey screaming. <laughs> well, we will definitely like, get into Peace Bone as a track. Uh, what's your background with the album? Like, when did you, what, like, can you remember the first? Honestly, the background with the album for me is for sure, it was like the first thing I ever really heard by Animal Collective that was like, that wasn't in like, a group listening experience it wasn't like you playing something for me because like i said that was probably hollandagen but i remember like my background with it was when i was living in chaska very like you know brought over a you know thumb drive or something with 20 albums on it or something and that just happened to be one of the albums that was on that thumb drive and i remember actually the very first time i tried to listen to it was on an airplane going hmm. from minnesota to california for uh it was either, I think it was just to visit, you know, and Raj and M were living together in uh, Davis in that apartment. So, like, we, we were flying from Minneapolis to Sacramento, I think, you know, no, no, like, no stops between. So, it was like, I remember it was the very first thing I put on, and I listened to maybe 10 seconds of Peace Bone, and I shut it off. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was what I remember about it was being like, this is, I remember just thinking, like, this is just noise. That's literally what, what my brain told me. It was like, I can't process this right now. So I think then I, like, I switched to, like, to be super cliche, like, I think it was, like, Brian, you know, music for airports, like, listening to that on an airplane, you know, because that's just, that's me. I'm, like, a little MP3 player, you know, back in yeah. whenever this, whenever this, this would have been, like, 2008, 2009. So that was when I first heard it, and, yeah, I just couldn't process it basically it was too weird so i was driving home from work i was working in shakopee at the warehouse and i was driving home it was like it was probably around five or six and it was dark out because it was november or december and 89.3 played chores and i got i actually got to hear it from start to finish and i was like what the hell is this and i really really liked it and i went straight home and uh, downloaded the whole album and then, like, probably tried to get you into it that day. Maybe. I mean, yeah, you probably, <laughs> I don't know. Me, again, the first time, I guess, I remember listening to it on my own would have been on the airplane, you know? No, no, so what I mean like, is that I we were probably chatting on Instant Messenger or something. I'm like, you have to download this album. You probably. have to go buy this. Yeah, and I, you're like, I still remember the first thing you playing for me um, by then was Holiday. Like us sitting down and listening to it together, and that was just that was too much. Took too much, man. Took too much. (laughs) So that's I mean I guess that's my history with the band or with this album specifically is like I really was very hesitant approaching it, but it was the first thing by Animal Collective that I really. When did you find out that you loved it? When did you find out that it was perfect? Oh, I'm sure very shortly after I decided that. Because I'm sure just that reaction to it was, like, enough for me to be like, okay, what is this? What is this actually about, you know? So you were intrigued. I'd say probably within, like, a month. So, you know, it would have been early 2009, I think. It would have been around the time. Late 2008. 
So yeah, oh, and, yeah. and again, that was the first album by them that I really got into. And as soon as I got into that, it was like whatever, whatever would have been. It probably was like feels and then some songs or maybe the reverse. You know, just anything you could listen to by them. And actually, maybe even because because when was Meriwether like 2009? Was that when that actually came out? Yeah, that was a like we had time. To... And yeah, I think that was in January of 2009. So it would have been it was maybe even a little bit after that. You know what I mean? Like I think Meriwether might have already even been out when I first like really started being hip to what they were doing. But yeah, because I remember you bought Water Curses. And I was like really into that album, and I because this is when I was downloading everything, so I had downloaded that, and I think I tried playing it for you, maybe, probably. Yeah. So anyway, it's an album that we both like. It's we it's it's top ten, all time probably. Would you say top ten? I guess that's a hard one. I mean, I would probably say it because it's like, you know, you know how it is. Like, uh, It's one that's in the conversation for top 10. Well, yeah, one of the last times we talked, it was like I told you about my, my perfect album theory. And that's kind of like, to me, this is one of those albums. Like, to me, there's not a single track that I would skip. There's like one track that's maybe, I think, weaker than the others, and it's the shortest track. See if you can guess. Oh, the shortest track on this? Mm-hmm. The one that's the weakest. I would say the weakest, and I'm not even saying that it's weak. I'm just saying like it just seems not. Hey, I'll tell you what, because we're gonna go track by track, and you can tell me when it comes up. I'm surprised and you haven't guessed it yet. The shortest should give it away. I don't even really know. I'm not looking at the clock. Sh- shortest second half. <laughs> Derek? Oh fuck no! Yeah, that's what I'm like. That seems like a short song to me. No, it's like three minutes. Number one? Shorter than that. Fuck no. <laughs> See, that's what I like. I can't, I literally can't think of one oh, that's we'll get there. not we'll get there. amazing. Uh, so, what do you, what the artwork is next on the uh, agenda? What? Fantastic. Like, I didn't know for the longest yeah. time that it was A.B. Terror, and then knowing that he's the one who did it, it's like, that's just awesome. Yeah. And uh, you have it on, you're looking at it on CD, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. So, it's like a, there's two folds. What do you call that? A triple gate? Well, I'll be honest. I'm not. I'm not looking at it right now. I mean, I. I uh, it's I got the one on the interwebs, but you're right. Oh, just give me one second. I'm gonna go grab the actual CD. It's in the other room. So I'll explain it. It's. Yeah, it's. It's got two slots. One slot for the booklet. One slot for the CD, and they both kind of fold over the back. You've seen it a million times. But well, the thing I wanted to say was that in the slot where the CD goes, that picture actually goes all the way back there, which is kind of interesting. And they all of the the font is all seems hand drawn. All of the A's are different. Yeah, it's great. And I'm folding it out. I'm pulling out the booklet. Now look at... Okay, so you see the slot where the CD goes? Yep. Well, that, either or. That picture goes all the way back of that strawberry. Like mm-hmm. underneath. I never knew... I just noticed that just now. No one exclusive. Oh, wow, I've never noticed that either. And yeah, I'm looking in there. That's really cool. And it almost looks like he mirrors the image, doesn't it? Like it mirrors... Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. And, and yeah, I looked at sure. just I looked the in the other slide, of, uh, and I looked. He in, doesn't have a picture back. I looked in the other slide. Just the detail. I looked at. I looked in the other slide. He doesn't have a picture back. And I, the, I was saying that I think the font is is uh, custom as well. Custom. What he's hand drawn. Yeah, or I can't scratched. It looks. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I was. I just remember. Uh, taking CDs of mine and reading every single word on printed on the case, like Tool albums, just every because they would always hide little things, and I'm like, oh, I need to read everything now to see what I missed. Well, and Tool never, uh, Tool didn't print their lyrics, did they? No, not even lyrics per se, just the stuff, everything that's. No, I know what you're saying for Tool for sure, because Tool it always kind of felt like it was like a puzzle, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Always. Or like, I mean, again, like, I'll, I'll admit, like, when I got this album, I had already heard, you know, whatever, a version of it that someone had given to me on a thumb drive, you know, it's like, I had already heard just like some digital rip of it. So the music was really what drove me crazy. So like, I, you know, I didn't really quite dive into the artwork until a little bit later, like I was saying. But we've all heard the story where Panda and Navy were on a plane and there was, they squirted strawberry jam on a fucking bagel or something and he and was it panda that said i want the next record to sound like that looks or i'm paraphrasing here and that's and that's just it's like and and ever since you know just hearing what they did like in terms of you know just the sonic quality and mixing this electronic stuff with like this really acoustic and organic stuff really yeah it's perfect and funny that they came up with it on a plane yeah, and you first listened to it on a plane. God, serendipity. Okay, track one is Peace Bone, and the, this the first, yeah, the first one you listen to, and they, they try to scare you off right away, I think, because that intro is so insane. It's formless, and it it gets its form with your familiarity with it, but then it also kind of gets into its own groove. I still, it's like a game to me when the intro of that song happens, trying to guess when he's going to start singing. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like that rhythm is just, it's always it's like this weird loop. It repeats itself every 17 and a half the time, you know, or whatever it is. Like, it's just, where is the, yeah, you're trying to find the actual pattern. And yeah, I still try and find it every time I listen to it. And the, there are certain songs like that or, you know, whatever, bands that can do stuff like that where you're like, every time you listen to it, it seems like you're still trying to, you know, like I said, there's certain stuff in Tool for sure where you're trying to figure out, like, when is that, when is the downbeat going to land? The end of She's So Heavy? Oh, I don't, never. I know that they start, Excuse me. They start like building up uh, atmospheric kind of sound things, and that's like usually a hint. Well, yeah, like there's that weird, like just static wall that starts yeah. to build for sure. But yeah, yeah, it's that one's a little bit easier because it is really a specific amount of measures, and it's not like non musical where they just cut it off randomly. Where like, and I'm not saying that Peace Bone is random in the intro, but like, even like when it gets to the end of the track, I have the same thing where like when he starts repeating Peace Bone. Oh yeah! Like when he starts doing that, I'm always trying to figure out like when is it going to actually end? Because it seems like a very odd amount of times. It's like 15 times or something. You know what I mean? Like it's not. 
it's not like they just do eight measures and then it repeats you know like yeah they, they definitely play with it a little bit more than that and you actually found the the sample that like the what do you well, what, I didn't what would find you call it? it? I found it on like a message board. Yeah, that's what I mean. That collected animals thing for sure. It was like some whatever there. It's like some guy talking about some animal, some whatever, some bird. It's like giving you know, it's like genus, species, like that type of thing. Like just giving this classification. I wish I had saved it. I don't know. And for those of you listening, the very first when you press play. There's this weird affected voice thing that says bonefish. It's not even affected though. Like it sounds exactly <laughs> like it sounds. It's just they're literally just cut those two words or that one word, whatever it is, out. Mm-hmm. Bonefish. I had there was a period of time where I thought there were two singers. Well, there are two singers, but two singers on that song because I couldn't conceive of you know, somebody being able to do that where he's changing his voice up so much. It was... How do you mean? Uh, where an obsession with the past is like... That part? Yeah, I thought that was two people. Hmm. Yeah, for whatever reason. A co-worker of mine again, I would play this at work quite a bit, um, and he was like... There's that bird that does, that's like his cause, that is those two notes, the dead fly bird. Whatever it is, you know, those two notes, he said he heard that bird and like he couldn't stop hearing that song because of it. So I thought that was really cool. That like uh, a bird call evoked a peace bird for this I made those guys listen to it so much. That's, that's beautiful, man. Also, I noticed that every time I listen to Peace Bone, I hear something new. Oh, I was going to mention that mix. too. I was going to mention, uh, and actually, I shouldn't say every time, or I wouldn't say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like to me, like there was definitely a point where I never heard that like weird engine noise that comes in like in kind of the pre-chorus, you know. It sounds like an engine like dying. We'll, we'll cut to that as well. Do you remember the steel drums on Peacebone? Do you know what I'm talking about there? Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. Those are That's a big amazing. part of it. Yeah. Anyways, next track. Yes, Unsolved Mysteries is track two. Kind of starts in with a jaunty, up-and-downy, jangly guitar part. <laughs> So you might be interested to know that while I was waiting on your call, after I listened to Safer for extra credit, the fir- the song that I thought to listen to again on the album was Unsolved Mystery. So I listened to that one twice. This, this is the one that I listened to twice. Sweet. And mainly just because of, I think, that opening guitar to me is just so, again, it's kind of the same thing, like after Peace Bone. It's like, what are you going to do? And then they do something that it's on its, you know. You can actually hear an instrument. Exactly. You can hear the sound of an instrument, but even then it's like, oh, they're still doing something just so bizarre. Like, what are they doing to this guitar? I wrote down, how do they do that? Exactly. Exactly. To me, like, that was what was so cool about the song when I first got really into the album. It's like, again, Peace Bone is kind of like already so shocking. 
and it goes yeah. into this song, which is like the same kind of effect, but in a different way. Yeah, through like it sounds like an acoustic guitar. It's like, how do you make an acoustic guitar sound? Do that. Yeah, it does sound acoustic, and you actually I think get it almost to hear... certainly is an acoustic guitar. Don't you think? I don't even know. I think it is. That's what I always picture it as. Yeah, and it could even be they could have loaded samples into an MPC, and then exactly. we're just hitting pads. Oh yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying what ultimately how it got to where it is, but I think the source. Yeah, no one knows. No one knows. They don't. Uh, Panda's drums, you can actually kind of pick those out. I would say that I pick them out for the first time on this on the second song. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I don't even really notice them on Peacebone, I guess. Yeah, it's a little more kind of just grooving with the track, but on this one, yeah, you get some really cool like hi hat work going on. Like, Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I, I I wrote down on here that geologist uh, he's doing underwater stuff. I wrote down because it just sounds he's a marine biologist. Yeah, it just sounds and like it just, bubbles. It just sounds like bubbles. Bubbles, yeah, yeah. I wrote down Lance's Halloween party. Now, why do you think I wrote that down? For well, uns- we, unsolved, we mysteries. unsolved mysteries at that party, of course covered it or like tried to figure it out like i don't even know i don't think we planned on it i think you just kind of no did we no we did not plan on it i think you had told me you knew how to play it i was just figuring it out no i told you that i was just figuring it out on guitar yeah because i kind of just randomly was stumbling on it and like oh hey here's a guitar and then we yeah played it Yep, yep 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 that was 401's first live show and the last uh sort of thing we hear on Unsolved Mysteries is a Star Wars lightsaber, I believe, retracting. I think that's the sound effect they use. Yeah, it probably is. It probably is. Oh, it absolutely is. It's Obi-Wan's. Track three, Chores. Again, this is the first song I heard that I know about. Uh, it's a pand- And it's Panda's first song on the record yep um and yeah this one uh this one is the one that especially annoyed my coworkers. this would be the one where they'd always be like is your cd skipping yes <laughs> so classic just classic is the cd skipping so many things could be annoying to an outsider on this song just oh this whole record yeah just, well this song specifically probably for yeah probably he might even like some of their other stuff but I'm for me this yeah this is one like uh, his drumming on this one is, is some of the best I think on the whole album. A lot of China symbol, a lot of China symbol. And he's doing both. It's the first time we get to hear him sing on this album. Uh, and is it the first time in the career of Animal Collective that we hear him no. sing? Does he have a song oh, on Song Lock Raven. Lock Raven. He's got a lot of songs on Song it's like them alternating, you know. I guess. Yeah, I probably knew that. Uh, Wouldn't it be? Uh, what would it be like? It'd be. Uh, Softest be voice is probably him. Well, and, and campfire songs. He sings half those songs too. Two oh yeah, bands. that's him. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I mean, maybe even dance manatee too. Yeah, there's real. There's really no telling on that album. It's, I don't think. 
Okay, so chores. Great track. I love I love his lyrics at the end where he says, you know, if you want to figure out what he says, you need to figure out what he says. But it's he references, you know, I, from what I gather, he references, you know, just putting in a hard day's work and kind of wanting to be able to uh, relax in any way that he sees fit. While taking a walk in the light drizzle. Yeah, after he's putting in, after he's put his day's work in, he wants to kind of just be able to unwind in his own way. And I really, I like that. I, I relate to that in a lot of ways, so. That's yeah, a, I have a, it's a great outro, like the, the actual outro. It's a good one to sing along to. Because I sing along to this album in the car of, a lot. It reminds me very much of uh, what what's his one about uh, just one uh, just a sec more in my oh life. daily routine. Daily routine. It reminds me of that in like the outro is kind of this like mo- yeah he does that a lot in his songs when there's no one watching when there's no one watching you know like exactly very good very good track four. Forever in Green? For Reverend Green. Forever in Green. Forever in Green. And this, the intro to this one is that it's just monster talking. And is there a way, Mr. Audio Man, to figure out what that dude's saying? Again, we'd probably be better off just looking at a message board because someone probably <laughs> put in all that, that work that would go into that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Because it's like there's that other distorted part that's kind of going on on top of it, you know? Which is probably the same thing, just super distorted. Maybe. I don't know. It sounds like it, whatever it is. Yeah, we'll, we'll cut that in, too. We'll let the people decide. And then yeah, it goes into like that crazy tremolo guitar. And then, you know, what's really interesting to me about this song is is the timing you know because i remember playing it for Alex and being like well it's it's seven and it's eight and he's listening he's like well no it's we're trying you know <laughs> we're, we're trying to decide what it is you know i mean it's one of those songs where like when you really listen to the way that you know the the you know when you listen to the way that the measures repeat or where they repeat you're like okay what's going on and it truly is and you listen to it We'll pull it in. You listen to it; it's ultimately between <laughs> seven and eight. That's that's what I've. That's my critical analysis of this tune: is that it alternates between seven and eight. Yeah. The best part for me is that the name of the actual track is for Reverend Green. Like that's what's printed on the back of the album. But f- probably on a message board somewhere, I heard them talking about "Forever in Green." That- that's like the play on words for sure. Because if you yeah. listen to him screaming at the end, you could hear it both ways. And I think that that's intentional, of course, because I think as he's singing and as he's writing lyrics, he'll sing, because he doesn't sing it word for word as what's printed even in the lyrics. He'll switch words around. But even though it's words that are like homophones that sound the same, sorts of, sort of mutates as they write the songs uh, with titles and lyrics, especially, I've noticed. And this isn't the only one but it's the only one i can think of right now that forever and green forever and green sort of mutating i wonder I what it started I, I, as the only other thing i can think of is like maybe like you know i'm the dancer how that thing like kind of mute oh yeah 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 yeah. does that weird mutation but that's kind of different but yeah similar in a way i guess 
Track five, Fireworks. Really super awesome drum part. And it's the first time we hear a piano, I think. It's like an actual piano that sounds like a piano. And of course, there's another track that features it pretty heavily coming up, but I think this is the first time. Yeah, I think this is the first appearance of keyboard, really. I mean, other than like weird synth effects yeah. and stuff, you know? Yeah, like on this actual, album. Like live keyboard instrument for sure. Yeah. And I mean, it's. Yeah, uh, what do you say about this? Uh, Panda Bear's drumming is phenomenal and like made me reevaluate the way I look at the drum kit, you know? I'm just like. Oh, for sure. Uh, the, and you've seen on YouTube, of course, uh, we've watched it together, but them going into Chocolate Girl during like that little break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I think it's pretty much the same guitar part that he from Chocolate Girl as this, just different effects. Track six is number one. Have we come to your uh, the one that we could cut off yet? I didn't say that we could cut one off, but I said that there was a weakest thing. But no, we're not there yet. Um, number one, here's what I remember most about this song. Every time I hear it, uh, and this Harold Gump from the Emerson Hill, I gave him, you know, I maybe just like ripped, let him rip this CD to his computer or something at work so he could listen to it. I was like, you gotta check this out. This band is awesome. You know? And uh, he came back to me. He's like, that number one song, man. He's like, that's like David Bowie underwater. I remember when they did it on Letterman, you got the... It was on Conan. Oh, Conan, sure. And uh, you got the feeling that the, it was... Because the, whatever vocal effect they had on on Conan was kind of like... If you picture a sine wave, it wasn't picking him up the same way it was on the record. You know what I mean? Because it was very... It's it's super hard to hear what he's saying on Conan, but on the CD like it's a the, little yeah, more if you clear. you have the reference of the actual album version... It works, but yeah, if you didn't, I mean, it was already such kind of like, and they kind of admitted that that it was they were kind of doing that intentionally, I think, you know, to be like, well, this is our first time on national TV, so we're just gonna do the weirdest song. Because <laughs> yeah, they could have done Peace Bone, they could have done Winter Wonderland, like Winter Wonderland. Done, Unsolved Mysteries probably would have been the best bet. You think so? It's got a guitar. It's got a guitar, yeah, and it has, it has a pretty... I mean, they all have great vocal lines, I think. But yeah, that's a good point. Track 7, Winter Wonderland. Uh, that fi- it starts out with that super uh, techno-y bass. That thing. With the... And then when the drums come in, oh, so, it's just... So shortest track, the only track I feel like is uh, this. To me, this is the weakest slip. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. 
So should we just skip talking about this awesome track with it's another good piano during the verse part? No, I love I love this song. Don't get me wrong, but to me it's like it's you know it is again I, I got to relate to my uh, it's the perfect album uh, idea. Like, what's the song that feels like it fits the least? To me, this just seems like the most I don't know the most out of place. I guess to me. That's fair. I that doesn't mean that want... I don't like it. It just means that to me, it's not like it's the shortest song, and yet it just seems like the least developed. You know what I mean? Like it seems like it kind of just it's there. I mean, I'm not even saying it's a skip track. Cause it feels like it's just there and gone in a second. You know, like, that's how I feel. I kind of like it because it's in between a couple of pretty long songs, so it's kind of like a little breather. And that you know, that's probably that's probably its place. I'm not saying I would skip it. I'm just saying it's the only one that, to me, like, didn't leave. Like, when I'm listening to it, it's like, oh, this is great. Yeah, this is fun. It's kind of fast, you know. It's mo- it's maybe the most up-tempo. But yeah. It's like, it just, yeah, it just feels like it doesn't have, to me, it doesn't have the same impact as every other song, to me, has, like, a very, really deep impact. Deep impact starring Samuel L. Jackson. You know, the, the chorus on the song is pretty great. Lyrically, it is. Pretty great, but. Oh, the, the don't believe in fantasy. Yeah, yeah. That's don't don't get me amazing. wrong, but yeah, maybe it's just because it's so short. It just seems underdeveloped, I guess. To me. It makes me. It always makes me think of uh, Mario Kart at some point. Like a, a oh, because rainbow, rainbow, rainbow ass slide slide down yeah. them or something like that. Rainbow like, ass slide downhill. Yeah, I yeah. think something like that. Rainbow Road. Rainbow Road. Yep, every time. Track 8, Cuckoo Cuckoo. I wrote some notes down here that this song is kind of like a mythological song. It's It kind of follows the mythology of the background of the band. Kind of reminds me of, in a way, the song Penny Dreadfuls from the first album, Spirit They've Gone, Spirit They Vanished, because it kind of... It seems like he's talking about his past a lot in those two songs. It hints to kind of more going on other than just like whatever observational kind of stuff that some of the other songs seem like they're talking about. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, this one is it is kinda unique in that way. Yeah, it does seem Yeah. He says the word I in it, you know what I mean? Like he's talking about himself where I don't think he does that very much in any other song. Yeah, he does uh, at points, but yeah. And on the, I told uh, Garrett one time that Animal Collective uses every inch of the headphones, and on this song, that's pretty, pretty much the same story too, because it's just, it's very sonically overpowering, just goes everywhere in your ears. So this this was the one where I was gonna say it kind of reminds me, like the drumming kind of reminds me of. Uh, dance melody like in just the madness of it you know like oh the blast rolls and the bass yeah, drum it just yeah it sounds like he's just like pushing it to to the max you know? he's going to do a lot so it's yeah. kind of fun you should uh those uh those blast rolls with the bass drum you should drop that in
Uh, Derek is the last track. It's the perfect ender. Well, you know, I've been throwing around this word perfect a lot, but it's just, it's a super good ender because it's just, it's upbeat and it's happy. It's a good story. I want to buy a dog because of this song. I want a dog to love as much as Panda loved his dog. A white and blackest Sheltie. He already had a name when they got it. And that, that, that line always to me seemed like like he's making an excuse like I didn't name this thing Derek. <laughs> that's what I always take it up. We could have taken better care of him, but he had it okay. <sighs> Add it to the list of other good dog songs like Martha My Dear and Death Song for Casey, two uh, dog songs that I really enjoy. So we went. Uh, let's recap here. I took two and a half pages of notes. Didn't get to all of it, but that's fine. Uh, we did the listening environment. We did our background with the album. We talked about the art. We went track by track. And now just kind of like overall impression in a minute or so. It's super good album. I think you should listen to it. It doesn't sound like anything else you'll listen to probably. Uh, what do you think? Oh, Same. I guess specifically, yeah. Like I said, to me, it was definitely an album where when I first heard it, it was like, oh, okay. It just made me start looking at things a lot differently because you know, it was like there's obviously live instruments, but then there's obviously a lot of treatment going on of, of what whatever they were feeding through yeah. you know, the effects that they're using. So that to me was just like, Again, it's just like a lot of the songs just kind of make you go, like, how are they doing this? And just that alone, like, that's what I initially got out of any music that I liked was, like, even just listening to recorded music that's more stripped down and just basic, you're still thinking, like, well, how is this achieved, you know? I want a documentary, like a studio documentary. I want to see one. Right, because yeah, then it's like when you get into stuff like this where it's like you really don't even know what the sound source is on some level for a lot of the stuff it's like literally like how did they do this like where is this from you know so yeah to me that's what always stood out the most about it like even in their catalog of really weird stuff like to me this this is always like that kind of high point where it's like okay this and the and the newest one centipede hurts i think is almost a continuation of it like yeah, definitely they sound similar. So it's crazier even, yeah. Centipede Hurts is even farther out, you know. But I, I would agree. argue that the songs on this one are just so it's nine songs, you know, it's just so like uh great songs succeeded uh with some really interesting and bizarre uh sonic effects and whatever else. So yeah, one of my favorites. The thing that got me into the band ultimately, the album that got me into them, so well, that's great. That's perfect. I think we'll we'll stop there. Welcome back to What's 401 Listening To, or welcome if you're a first-timer. I just found out I have a follower, so hello, Nadine. That's awesome. Uh, today's episode, I'm listening to Strawberry Jam by Animal Collective band I've liked since I've heard Animal Collector. I have a guest today, a very good friend of mine, DJ Consequence, 
I'll, if he wants to use his real name, I'll, I'll let him make that, make that call. I've known DJ for quite a long time. I think the first time I went over, like the first time I actually went over to his house and remembered going there, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire was on VHS. So that kind of gives you a, a sort of timestamp there. Uh, this is an album that we both really, really enjoy. We both think it's pretty much perfect. And uh, I'll let him give some information on his podcast about listening to perfect albums. Uh, I'm not really sure what we get into during this episode because I'm recording the intro before we actually talk about the album. So, yeah. I don't know if the mic's picking that up, but... Oh, shit. I don't know if I have to pay for that now. Hopefully not. Ah. Tonight. I'm drinking Tullamore Deuce Irish whiskey today. Not Scotch whiskey today. So, it might go off the rails a little bit once we get talking. We've had some very, very good conversations, him and I, over the phone... Well, that's another thing. This is going to be a phone interview kind of thing. So there is that. He's like an audio engineer kind of person. So uh, I'm calling him. He's putting my phone through an interface. And he'll be doing the actual episode recording. Since I don't have the capabilities, the wherewithal, the content capacity, all of that. I don't know how to do that. So... He'll be recording the episode. Hopefully it doesn't sound terrible. Or, I mean, it doesn't sound okay. Uh, so, I'm not sure what album I'm going to do next. If you happen to be listening to this, it, it's a podcast, so it'll be up forever. If you... What do we have here? What's going to What do we got for Ah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Ah, uh, what were you saying? Oh yeah, okay, so if this is your first event, your first hearing it, welcome, whatever. If you have an idea of what you want me to listen to, I'll listen to it and say what I think. The idea being that it's just good to kind of take some time out of your day and listen to something. And I, I take notes on it for this, but you don't necessarily have to do that. Oh. But it's just good to, like, force yourself to do that, I think. To actually just sit and enjoy a piece of music from cover to cover, front to back. That's how it used to be done, and it's nice to do it. And then if you can talk with your friend about it, that's also good too, right? So if you have an idea of what to listen to, please uh, leave it in the comments section. If I can figure out how to do phone interviews... We could do that too, you know? So, without further ado, here is Animal Collective's Strawberry Jam. Rusted Bucket Media Corporation. <laughs> 